Welcome to the beer cast. Beer cast? Yeah, because you've had how many beers? I'm on beer number four. That's you're a also, lot for Mike. You're also eating. This is the food cast. I'm not eating. Well, you were eating moments I was before eating before, but now we're recording, and you I'm no longer eating. You still didn't tell me what you were eating. I told you. I was eating bread. You were eating bread? Bread. Crispy Italian bread. Toasted with a little bit of butter. Yeah. I had mozzarella sticks and loaded tater tots tonight. Ooh, loaded tater tots. Yeah. You know what else is loaded? What's loaded, Joe? I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Oh. Um, Mike <laughs> Mike took charge of the podcast. He came up with lots of ideas for things that we should talk about. So, Mike, When this don't is... I take charge of the podcast? Okay, see, the beers have made him sassy, and this is ridiculous. I don't even know I'm what having, to say to him right now. I'm He's so hurtful. Right now. What kind of beer are you drinking? Having yeah, Budweiser's I... in a St. Louis blues glass. Ooh. Mike's... Budweiser from Mizzou. Mike's lady way. friend is a blues fan, so... That's right. She is a blues fan. She, uh, Budweiser, come sponsor the show. What's up? All right. Since the last time we did the show, the Rangers are two and two. Yeah, two and two. You have any more thoughts on that? That you put that number one thing to talk about? Well, two and two means, you know, they had the game, a five and oh win over the Islanders. And that was deeply, deeply satisfying, right? And then they had the, what was it, the Discover Thanksgiving special that didn't take place on Thanksgiving. Where the Flyers beat them four to nothing, and that didn't feel good. No, that felt pretty bad. And then they lost to Washington five to three. And last night they held on and prevailed over the Senators four to two. In a pretty interesting hockey game, actually. You know, there last are times when intense. I watch the New York Rangers and I think to myself, "Wow, this is a playoff team." And then in the same game, maybe in the same period, I go, "Wow, this team's terrible." Yeah, I, I made a comment that I've never seen a team so prolific in the offensive zone that was then so inept in their own zone. And then I had to clarify that I was talking about Ottawa, and Shana thought it was funny that I had to clarify. But the reality is you really could be talking about either team because I said in the notes today, at, at some point last night in the third period, the Rangers went into a shell, the shell that we all know and hate. And they do not have the defense for that type of strategy. And Ottawa wiped the floor with them. Yeah, when they the Rangers just, are backing into their own zone. They just leaned on Lundqvist. It was a really, it was we saw it a ton under Vigneault, where it was just they stopped trying to create chances. They just kind of feel comfortable with the lead, and they rely on Lundqvist to make save after save after save. And Ottawa pulls the goalie with they pulled the goalie with like three minutes left. They did it early, and they get the goal and they scored. Stone. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it was like, well, shit, this was this game should have been in the bag. And now because the Rangers were just kind of sitting on this two-goal lead, they put themselves in a really crappy position. And, you know, Nemesnikov took a, a shoulder to the chin, and a couple moments later Zabinijad scored an empty netter, and that sealed the deal. But it was... Uh, you know, I know that a lot of people are doing like, oh, it's the quarter pull. Where are the Rangers? Are they a playoff team? And I understand, you know, what the standings are. I also understand that it would be kind of madness for this team not to trade the players with expiring contracts. You can't not trade them. And when you do, this team is going to unravel. Like it's even if they're a fringe playoff team or in, or in third place or whatever, you still have to trade Zuccarello. You still have to look at those things and understand you're not going to win the cup, so what's the point? You have to commit to the rebuild that you committed to. You already traded McDonough. You already traded Stepan. You have to commit. Beer Mike is feisty Mike, huh? A little bit feisty. Well, you, you've taken the show into a direction that we were going to go in, but now we're going to go there right now, which is you look at the New York Rangers today. Okay, And they're in the playoffs, which is, I don't think, something that any of us were expecting really under any circumstances. I certainly didn't expect the Rangers to be here. I certainly did not expect the New York Rangers to not even occupy a wild card spot. They're third in the Metro, and I think we kind of underestimated how bad the Metro was. But a point that Mike brought up that I I think is really critical, the Rangers are two points ahead of the Islanders for that spot in the Metro. And the Islanders have two games in hand. For as good as you think the Rangers have been, the fact that they're in a playoff position, you have to look at where they are in the actual standings, and it's not happening. 
It's Stanley Cup or bust in terms of a rebuilding team. You buy when you're a Stanley Cup team. If you think you can win one round in the playoffs, you are not a Stanley Cup team. Hope is not something this team can counter or can count on because they did it before and they paid the price for it. Year the only thing the New York Rangers year. can do right now is sell high on guys like Kreider, Hayes, and Zuccarello. And I know the fans are going to bitch and moan because the Rangers are in the playoffs. And, oh, they're in a playoff position and you don't know what can happen. I have a very good idea of what can happen. With this if I'm defense, sitting at the blackjack they table... They won't make it out of the first round with this defense. That's right. like the and, bottom but, line. But more importantly, and we've had this argument before, if I'm sitting at the blackjack table with 17, you don't hit on 17, right? Because the odds are ever so much against you to not bust. You may hit and get blackjack. You can smoke cigarettes for 40 years and not get lung cancer. It doesn't mean it's a good or smart decision. I get it. The Rangers are 13-10-2. Nobody expected them to be 13-10-2. But if the Rangers do not trade at least two of Hayes, Zuccarello, Kreider, whatever it may be, I think they're making a very big mistake. And I started sort of a Twitter war today unintentionally about trading Chris Kreider. You said trade Zuccarello, trade Zuccarello. Let's go down the list. We both agree you have to trade Zuccarello. What about Chris Kreider? You trade Kreider? If the price is right for Kreider, which... All signs point to it being a great return because he's having such a great year, right? He had goal, what was it, Joe, 13 against Ottawa now? Yeah, so, and he's 21 points in 25 I you, games. I would love Chris Kreider as the next captain of this team, but I might love the package we could get back for him more than I'd love him as the captain of this team. Well, flip and, side on this. Would yeah. you, if you don't trade Kreider, would you sign Kreider to a long-term deal when he's 29 and an unrestricted free agent? Ah, oh, man. That's tough because we've already seen him have some health issues, right? And that's an important thing to take into consideration, just like it was with Mika's contract. And you have to you have to think pragmatically about this. It's like, okay, you do need a guy to kind of help show the kids the ropes. You do need guys who are leaders. And the other thing I think that's worth mentioning here is the Rangers scouting you know, policy and their front office, they love to draft these kids that have character and leadership qualities, which makes, I think, the whole holding on to a veteran to be, you know, the the guy who leads the kids through the desert, Moses style, a little less important because you're drafting all these kids with character and all of that. But I love Chris Kreider to death. He's not, he can either be a part of the plan moving forward or not. And the bottom line is he's playing so well now that, He's almost certainly most more valuable as the package we can get back for him, right? It's any team that needs a fast, big-bodied scoring winger is would give up a lot to get Chris Kreider, especially because he won't be a rental. And I don't know. Do you want him here? Well, I do want Kreider here, but logically, I don't think it makes sense for him to be around long term. And, yeah, and here's the I thing. Am. And I kind of got into a debate with Sean Hartnett about this with Kreider. You have to remember that the New York Rangers are not expecting to be in a contention position for at least another two years. I'm not saying they're going to be rebuilding for two more years. I'm saying that the Rangers may see themselves as a playoff team in two years, but I don't think they're really going to see themselves as Stanley Cup contenders until the 2021 season at the earliest. So That sounds right to me, yeah. What that tells me is if you're signing Kreider to a six-year extension at 29 years old, you're signing him for that period of contention when he's on the back end of his career. Same thing with Hayes, although Hayes will be 27 at the end of this year, so it's a little bit different. You sign him to a six-year deal. But again, you're getting him in the period of contention at 29 years old, and I'm not trying to insinuate that 29-year-old players are ineffective or that Kreider and Hayes are not going to be effective when they're 31 they're 32 years old. But you need to remember that father time always wins, and there is a resounding amount of evidence that says that players do begin to trail off after their 28-year-old season. I think Ranger yeah. Smurf George um, posted, actually, and I should repost it. I'll repost it on Twitter, like a, a chart that he put together or somebody put together of points per game for players like between 18 and you know 24, 24 and 28, and then 28 to 33 and whatever. And everybody goes down except for a few Hall of Famers like Ovechkin and Yager. Yeah. The reality for the Rangers, you may not want to trade Kreider, but Kreider is on pace for like a 70-point season. And if you can sell high on that, same thing with Hayes. If you can sell high 
on where they are right now. You have to do it, even if you're in a playoff spot right now, because that playoff spot is a mirage. That's not real. The Rangers aren't a real playoff team. They may make the playoffs because of how bad the Metro is, but they're not going to win in the playoffs. And that's the point, is it not? Yeah, and You don't really, go to the playoffs just to float around. And listen, in two years, that's a different story. If you don't go all in, you're part of rebuilding, you're part of getting the core together, and you go to the playoffs and you win a round or two, that's success. But for this yeah. team right now, a, a win or two in the playoffs is not success. It's failure if you buy in to get there. It comes down to me for, it all boils down to, if you don't have to trade Kreider, right? That's the important language to use here. You don't have to trade him. But if the right deal comes along and it's a package that is kind of, you know, equivalent to what we should expect or it matches our expectations for what a deal like him, you know, could look for right now when he's on pace for such an amazing year, you'd kind of be silly not to do it. And as much it would as it would hurt to give up on a guy like Kreider, you the Rangers definitely I feel like this year has proven a lot that as many defensive prospects as this team has and as, you know, as many center prospects as this team has, we still need more winger prospects. We still need more guys who can play the right side in the prospect pool on defense. It's There's a lot of kids to work with, but when it comes to a rebuild, you can really never have enough, right? You want as many lottery tickets as you can get when it comes to trying to find players who can be NHL caliber players. And... You know, if Kreider was three years younger, we'd ha- be having a significantly different conversation. But he's not. He's 27, and, he, you know, he has two years left on this deal, including this season. And that makes him a guy where it makes a lot of sense to move him. You need to be realistic in terms of this, and I know how difficult it may be. And listen, this is coming from somebody who is an unabashed Chris Kreider lover. Yeah, I'm a huge Chris Kreider fan. I, I, I think I Chris Kreider is a great thing. Go, but I, I, I don't think he reached his potential of what we saw when he was coming out of Boston College. I don't Everybody know about that. This. I don't know, man. People expected Kreider to be a 35. I mean, Kreider isn't even a 30-goal scorer in his career. Yeah, but he's had all the, the injury um, But the, the flip side is, I think Kreider has been an underrated player for the New York Rangers even so I do believe that but but the reality is you're not a Stanley Cup team and in order for the Rangers to get that type of a deal that you and I are talking about that package that would make it all worthwhile they need to be willing to listen to offers on him and I think Jeff Gordon really should be aggressive and we mentioned it today you know the Flyers are going to be looking to do something crazy now I'm certainly not advocating that Chris Kreider get dangled to the Flyers, but we saw with Marion Gabrick and the Devils, like, you may get a very good return from a division rival. There's nothing wrong with with making that type of a trade so long as you're not hurting yourself in the interim, and, and the Rangers would not be. Boston needs help up front. The St. Louis Blues are a complete mess. They're looking to renovate things. You know, the Rangers went into the well for Edmonton with Ryan Strom, but there might be more there as well. New coach, new system. The reality is Jeff Gordon sort of has to go on the offensive here. He needs to be picking up the phone and calling these people and letting them know, hey, for the right price, you can have Hayes. Hey, for the right price, you can have Zuccarello. Hey, for the right price, you can have Kreider. Well, for and, the right price, you can have Shea, too. That's right, what I sh- think is important. Is uh, For the right price, you can have almost anybody. anybody. That's the point. Like, like, except for the top three or four prospects, anyone who like a, a team thinks they can help them in their cup run, you can have this established player or this young guy, like the Rangers, obviously, you know, JT Miller was not an old player when they traded him, right? But they got, you know, enough futures back and enough prospects back where it made it worthwhile for them. It was also a question of, we're in a rebuild. Do we want to pay JT Miller? And they decided not to. And then we saw Tampa sign him. And the Rangers have that. To an enormous contract. And the Rangers have that situation, or at least a sim- situation similar to that with Kreider. Because if they don't trade him, Joe... At the end of next season or before next season uh, is over, they're going to have to sign him. And if he's sticking around, he will be a guy who's going to get paid a lot of money. I think probably north of you know five point eight or six million. That just be- because of his role with the team, because of how long he's been here, because he's such a great fit for captain, and frankly, because the Rangers are going to have all the cap space to do it. Well, and here's the other thing: you're say you're Chris Kreider's agent, whoever he yeah. is. The Rangers don't trade Kreider. They keep him for the next two years. They can't let him walk for nothing. His demands could be astronomical. 
Gordon has to play ball. Just like you can't let Kevin Hayes walk for nothing. Right, he doesn't have a choice. And that's the same thing. And that's the position that the Rangers are in. And, you know, I'd say Hayes is a little bit different because, A, the Rangers got him for free. But, B, you know, they put him on this one-year deal. And, yeah, it would be really stupid to lose him for nothing. But you're in a position where Hayes has all of the leverage in terms of contract negotiations. Yeah. And the Rangers can start talking to him January 1st. So come 1-1. If they're talking and the two sides are still far apart, you need to start looking at options for moving him. Yeah, you need to close that book and open the book yes. where you open the phone book to trade him. It's You can still negotiate with him, but while you're doing it, you have to find suitors for him. And what we've learned just from you know the general scuttlebutt and seeing how valuable Kevin Hayes is to the Rangers is he's going to bring back a good package too. And that's great news. And I know... You know, some people might be saying, well, if they trade Zuccarello and Hayes, do they really need to trade Kreider? And they don't need to. With that being said, they can just fill the cupboards with prospects and picks. And it wouldn't be a bad idea. It definitely wouldn't be a bad idea. It's just tantalizing. You're, you, like I was trying to say when I was making this argument for Kreider, you're taking hope, right, that yeah. Kreider and Hayes will be as effective as they are right now. When they're older and the Rangers are in a period of contention against hope that you have younger players and prospects and picks that you're bringing into the system to then be young and in contention when the New York Rangers are in contention. And one of those two things, and it's the latter, is more logical. It's more logical to bet on younger talent that you're bringing up through the pipelines if you draft well, if you go after good prospects. Than a 31-year-old Kreider and a 29-year-old Kevin Hayes. Yeah, I mean, it just, uh, again, it, I think the problem that a lot of, you know, fans have is the attachment that gets the players. And Chris Kreider 100%. And, and Matt Zuccarello are guys you can't help but get attached to. Even if, you know, I've become a lot less of a fan and more of just someone who watches and covers hockey. And obviously, the Rangers have played a big role in my life. So, like, I don't get devastated when the Rangers lose games like I did when I was younger. Like, I could very comfortably watch the Rangers lose and be like, okay, it's something for me, for me to write about. Even with that disposition, I can't not pretend that Chris Kreider means something to me in a Rangers jersey. And the same is true of Matt Zuccarello, right? It's, and that's even with, you know with trying to be as unbiased as I can be, which is not easy to do. With all that being said... I can still recognize what he represents in terms of fuel for the rebuild, right? What what you can get for him, and also it is a huge, huge asset for the Rangers to not have any significant contracts on the books after next season, really. Like, they have, what is it, Joe? It's Zabenejad and Brady Shea. Yeah, I think that's it's, it. Pa- that's, past 2020. That is it. That is it. They're one so, of the the best teams in terms of not having long-term contracts locked up it's and you know who you want to pay where you want to do with all that cap space you want to throw that cap space at those kids who can be a long-term solution like we've we've heard all this talk about the mcdavid contract and what happened with austin matthews you see that like the hot water the maple leafs are in with william nylander like Part of the problem is they had a bunch of contracts where they, you know, paid some guys a little too much, and they have contracts that are great, like the the Kadri contract is fantastic. But you have to be really careful with where you throw money and invest, especially when your team that you know you're transitioning. That's not a great time to invest in a guy who's going to be 28 and have him, you know, until he's in his mid 30s. It doesn't make a lot of sense. All right, so let's do this because okay. we're gonna we're gonna sprinkle some questions in as we go How? Dan Carosi if you have to keep one of Hayes Crowder Zuccarello who do you keep is it Hayes just because he's a center and my answer to that is actually Hayes being a center hurts him in my opinion because if and I made this point to somebody who was arguing to me about um, you know they think they would keep Hayes above everybody else if you keep Hayes and Zibanejad you don't have room for Heedle or Anderson to be top six centers and we're not even talking about Brett Howden so to me, if you can only if you have to keep one, it's probably Kreider. Yeah, that's where I line up too. You trade Hayes to to get rid of the logjam at center. 
you trade Zuccarello because you could just bring him back again next year or whatever. He's a rental. He's he's in his you know thirties. Like I get it. It's it, Zuccarello is one of the players that I connect to the most, just like you, Mike, and I'm sure a lot of other fans out there. But again, you have to take off your rose-colored glasses and see, like, okay, he's a player who has value. Who should have his name on the Stanley Cup? Fine. If he wants to come back, he comes back. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But if you have to only keep one, Kreider's on the wing. The Rangers lack depth there. Even with Kravstov coming up, he's not going to stop him from making the NHL. You get him for one more year, and then you can make a decision next summer. I keep him a lot. Uh, one of the reasons I keep him is the intangibles. He has a great relationship with the younger players on the team. He's young enough to be kind of... He was a younger guy under the you know the Vigneault-Tortorella era, you know, with all the, the cup runs the Rangers tried to make. And he was around for that. He knows he knows all about that era, but he's also was kind of a kid for that. And like I remember him saying at the end of last year, he went from being like you know one of the the kids on the team to one of the older guys in a hurry. And you know he has a great relationship with a lot of the the young guys who are gonna be a big part of this team, like the Buchneviches and you know the Pionks and all that. And now we look at Kreider and I see. Enough reasons that make him compelling to keep around, even after everything I said. But like Kevin Hayes, if you don't trade him, it would be a disaster, right? And even if you say if you had to hold on to one, hold on to Kreider, and then you can trade him at next year's deadline, if if you get the feeling that a contract extension with him would be too pricey, and you don't have that luxury with Zuccarello or Hayes, you just don't because they're UFA, right. Kreider's right? the only so, one you have time with as well. Yeah, that's the only one you have time with and time to think and time to figure it out and. I think, like, Zuccarello is such a known commodity. He's also 31. Like, he's a no-brainer that you have to move him. Um, and Hayes is, I think Hayes is tough. Like, Tom wrote a great piece for Blue Shirt Banner building a case for keeping Kevin Hayes as part of the rebuild. And he raised a lot of good points. And, like, Kevin Hayes is 26. He's a very, very good hockey player. And he can play wing as well as center. And so that is something to consider, you know, with the point you made about the Rangers' young centers. But... The other thing that I think is worth saying is I don't think it's unlikely that the Rangers continue to draft young centers that they want to be a part of this team in the rebuild. Like, when you're doing a rebuild, you want to find young centers. That's a big part of this because centers are so valuable. Again, I know I said this with Kreider, but if if Hayes was two years younger, it would be a different conversation. But he is 26. He is a UFA. And the Rangers decided to do this, or I really should say, Gordon decided to do this one-year deal, and because of that, it just you have to you have to trade him. You really do have to look but, at and what I, you can I, get. I do want to make this point because Mike is kind of dancing around it, but we both feel this way. The trading conversation for Kreider, Hayes, and Zuccarello has nothing to do with the players themselves. No, it's this isn't like oh they're overpaid or they're going to be overpaid or you know they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're very talented players. That's why they have the trade value that they do on the open market. It's just that where the Rangers are and where they are are not aligned. The Rangers are two or three years back from where Hayes and Kreider would be critical pieces to a Stanley Cup run. And having said that, if this was two or three years ago and the Rangers hadn't sold off yet and they were still in this win-now mode, hell yeah. You sign Hayes, you sign Zuccarello, you sign Kreider, and you figure it out later. But they're not. So, yeah. another question that kind of ties into this, unless you have a point to make. No, I'm good. Don't you sass me, you son of a bitch. Um, our own Phil, Phil Coher. God damn it. I, still I feel don't know like how to say his name. Is it Coker? Coker? It's Coker. Oh, that's right. Coke. Coker. What are the chances the Rangers buy into their own hype and either sell the obvious or just McQuaid and Zuccarello? Or worse, buy. Oh, I don't think they're going to buy. It would be madness if if they were to buy, you know, what was it? It would be just over a year after they wrote that public letter. Right. Like, I also don't know, frankly, what the hell you can get from McQuaid until he works his way back into the lineup, which is a whole other set of problems. I mean, can I make a, a red flag statement on this? Yeah. All right, you're not going to give me permission, statement. but I'm going to do it anyway. I would say the Rangers not selling would be just as bad as them buying. If you let Hayes and Zuccarello walk at the end of this year for nothing, or you re-sign Hayes to a crazy contract that you're going to have to give him with no plan in place for Heedle, Howden, and Anderson, 
Mm. You're making just as big of a mistake as spending assets for someone who's not going to be able to help you in a couple of years. The Rangers cannot walk away from February with Kreider, Hayes, and Zuccarello on the team. They can't. It would would be a pretty big disaster. It's that would tell us that Gorton is operating under. Yeah, that they've you know, learned nothing. The delusion that there can be a cup team, which makes the efforts they made last season and, you know, the the sacrifices they made pointless. It's If that's the case, then why on earth did you do the Ryan McDonough trade? Yeah, and it's, it should be mentioned. Mike and I are speculating. We're not – yeah. we have no inside information on this, and there's no information out there that the Rangers are going to buy. But to me, it, if you – if the Rangers stand pat – and they say, oh, we're just going to see what happens. Like, that's something you do in two years when the rebuild is underway and you, you have your foundation in place and you just want to see what you have. You know what I mean? You don't spend yeah. any money on assets. You know, you, you just you go out and you see what this group can do. That's totally different two or three years from now. Today, this year, February 2019, it's a disaster, no. an absolute disaster. It's way, given the context of, these, of the contracts we've been talking about and where the team is in terms of the rebuild timeline – to try to go for it and be like, you know what? We have a fun little team, and they've exceeded everyone's expectations. Maybe we're not going to sell. If that thought crosses Gorton's mind, it's it's big trouble. It's, it's a problem. A bad, bad problem. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. That's how bad that would be. Ooh. Last one on this. Sam Davis. What would it take to trade Kreider? This is an interesting question because I think the, the comparable here is the McDonough deal. Right, you have a player who's borderline. I don't know. You you'd put them in the B tier of players. No, McDonough's probably a little bit higher than Crowder is, but Crowder's certainly a very valuable player. With one year left after this one, I would have to think I'd need a first round pick and a, and a very good prospect. That's where it has. That's kind of where it has to be, really. Um, we think about what. A Kreider in a career year is just, he'd have to bring back a pretty significant return. Like when we think of what, like Thomas Tatar got in a trade last year, what was it? He got like a first, a second, and a third. I mean, it was spread out over a couple of years, but yeah. I mean, Kreider is less of a, less of a known or less of an admired commodity in terms of what he does on the ice. I should really emphasize with this player, but like, for example, someone like Evander Kane, right? Where, you can look at a guy like that as like, okay, well, what, what did that player bring back? And that was a conditional first, a prospect in Danny O'Regan, and I think the first would have been a second if he doesn't re-sign with the Sharks, but he did, and like a fourth-round pick. So, you know, it's it's at least a pick, a first-round pick and a prospect for Kreider. Um, but even Kane needed to be re-signed. Kreider doesn't, at least not next year. Yeah, and that's a point in Kreider's favor. And the other thing that's important there is his contract, in the grand scheme of things, is super flexible in terms of he's under $5 million a year in the cap. So he's not gonna, that's not going to exclude him from too many opportunities. He's $4.625 million. He'll fit under... A lot of teams, especially the teams that have guys, because every team that's competing will have guys that are expiring. And we, we know that the cap is only going up. So, yeah, he'll fit somewhere. And the Rangers, of course, the other beauty of this is the Rangers can always take guys and cap back. Um, only one more, though. That's true. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. They can oh, wait, only eat money on one more contract. Uh, yeah, yeah. But what is their, what's the contract count now for the Rangers? Mm, I think they're at 47 because they terminated yeah, uh, Lundqvist's deal. Yeah, Michael Lindquist. So there you go. Um, that looks like it for the questions on this front. No. So, but like, see that? We just sprinkle it in when it makes sense. Oh, look at you. You're we're changing, gonna, the, yeah, whole, we're gonna to, changing uh, the whole we're gonna try format of the fucking show. We've done you 100 times. Go, go fuck yourself. This is better. This is what better number than what show is wanted. this? How many shows have we done? This is 118. Show number 118. 118. It's a hell of a lot of podcasting. That's over 118 hours of podcasting. That's good math, buddy. I know. It's amazing math, isn't it? Just making bold accusations. Um, All right, Mike, you're in charge of the show since you're drunk. What's next? (laughs) I'm not drunk. I'm enjoying a good buzz. I thought it would be fun to talk about Kevin Shattenkirk, Joe. 
Um, oh, boy. You and I both are big Kevin Shattenkirk fans. Oh, I'm a Kevin Shattenkirk stan. You just called yourself a Kevin Shattenkirk stan. And you yeah. accused me of being drunk and you can't say words. In 24 no, games... I'm a stan. You're a stan. In yep. 24 games, he has eight points, only two of which are on the power play. He's shooting 2.1%. And Neil Pionk has all those points and all those power play points. Yeah, but this is what's weird. Shattenkirk is not having a good year by any stretch of the imagination. And it, it pisses me off because... Underlying numbers are not bad on that show. Well, right. Though, are and, they? And, and They're that's, really not that bad. That was the next thing that I was going to get to, but you totally cut me off, you son well, of a bitch. you were rambling like you always do. Oh, my God. This has become so hurtful. Um, the point that I was trying to make was that two years ago when the Rangers signed Shattenkirk to this sweetheart deal, everybody was talking about, oh, Shattenkirk's not actually a really good defenseman. And that's fucking stupid because he is, and he was last year. And now this year he's kind of giving that credence, even though it's ridiculous that one outlier season shouldn't speak to what he is as a career player. But that's sort of where we are. And those eight points are obviously unacceptable for a guy who, you know, the New York Rangers expect really big things from him. The Rangers expect to put up offense. But his underlying numbers have not been bad. And for all the points that Pionk has gotten been with good. all that power play time that he's taking away from Shattenkirk, Pionk has been the period worst period defenseman in his own zone. The Rangers do not give up more goals or attempts or scoring chances than when Pionk is on the ice at 5v5. And that has to mean something. Like I said, and I've mentioned this a few times on Twitter, you put up with stuff like that so long as the points are coming. But when the points dry up, and they will eventually, as much as Pionk is proving me wrong, they will dry up eventually, those defensive gaffes become less and less forgivable. So he needs to put up this kind of offense to make it worthwhile. Because I saw somebody the other day, they were like, oh, he's basically, you know, Keith Yandel. No. no Keith Yandel was no, 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 unbelievably no, no. better in his own zone. That's why I, Keith Yandel is such an elite defenseman. I want to throw two numbers at you, Joseph. Throw them right at my face. Neil Pionk, 5-on-5 PDO, 106.6. <sighs> Kevin Shattenkirk, 5-on-5 P- PDO, 97.4. Mm-mm-mm. Now read. <laughs> See, that's astounding to me because Pionk has really no points 5v5. Joe. He has no points 5v5. He has how yeah, many points? Two or three? Uh, at 5v5, I can tell you in one well, hurry up. goddamn second. By the way, I would just like to make podcast. a small announcement. Sure, small a announcement. A very sad announcement. What's wrong? The creator of SpongeBob SquarePants, Stephen Hillenberg, died. Oh, the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants died? Yep. When that happened today? It did. Son he had of a ALS. Bitch. Oh, yeah. Which ALS. I didn't know. Pionk has one point at five on five. No, that can't be right. Um, it's not right. God, I'm, this, look, you're, you're I'm looking in the last. Best. I was looking in the last four games. All those stats I just said, folks, were in the last four games. I'm oh, my bad. God. I'm See this? Person. Here we go. Don't make me feel bad, Joe. I'm just going to... I, If I had any, like, editing, I guess... You, no, see, you can edit. You just choose not to. He I can edit. Three, I choose not to. You're absolutely correct. He has correct. three points. Right, okay, that makes five. sense. That's insane to me that he has three points 5v5. Yeah, all of his points are on the power play. Do you have his PDL for 5v5 for the real number? Not with that attitude, I don't. All right, this, this is what it's turned into. Um... <laughs> I, I just like, and I don't. We hold we on, get, you son of a bitch. I'm gonna continue right my point here. while you find the number. Oh, his 99.7 PDO at five. Yeah, see, five. but that's even that's surprising to me. Like you're you're right where you should be for the most part. A hundred is like the baseline. You're not lucky. You're not unlucky. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. To only have three points, five v five. Whereas Shaddy at five v five is actually hundred point nine. Is he really? See, and that's surprising, too, because how many of his points are on the power play of his eight? I want to point out, you're criticizing me for not being able to pull up these numbers, and you're asking me question after question. On the fly. Yeah. Uh, Shaddy, I said he already he only has the two power Yeah, he play had points. two. So I, I just, I don't think Shattenkirk has been terrible. I think Shattenkirk has been a disappointment from what we've expected of Kevin Shattenkirk. That's fair. Right. Yeah, and the other thing that I think is worth pointing out is it's come to the point where he and Pionk are almost playing the same amount of power play time. He's still having, he's still getting more 
But Shattenkirk's points have kind of come in fits and bursts, and he did have... What was it? I'm looking now. He played... He played 10 games, uh, and he only had two points in the first 10 games of the season, and he had a two-point game against Colorado. And, you know, it's... It's... uh, He's also had to play, I think, in general, a pretty tough role. I'm not trying to make excuses for Shattenkirk, but I don't... I don't look at him and think he's a problem. I just wish that, especially in the power play, we just saw some more points. And, you know, lately I don't think the Rangers' power play has, frankly, looked as good as it did in the first, you know, the first 12 games or so of the season when it looked like, oh, wow, this team's going to suck, but at least they have a fun power play. When we saw the one-timers with Chant and Kirk and, you know, all of a sudden this... Zibanejad from his office. Yeah, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. Zib from his office, set up by guys like Shattenkirk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not... uh, It's a difficult situation to be in because the Rangers' defense as a whole is not good. Pionk has not played well in his own zone. D'Angelo, I think, has been really good. Um, They're sort... I mean, who... Let's flip the switch a little bit. Who do you think has been the Rangers' best defenseman? Say it. Say it for everybody to hear. Mm. There's a right answer to this. It's Frederick Clayson. I was gonna say Clayson, but I it was is, I was a scared to. I why? Scared. What did you think I was gonna do? Attack you? Well, now I'm gonna no. attack you for not saying it. If we look at what we expect and what good defense actually is, Clayson's been outstanding. Oh, he's been like he should be in extension territory. Yeah, he's someone I think on Twitter I read was like he's kind of like Anton Strahlman, which is why the Rangers aren't gonna resign him. And I thought that was. Hysterical and also very, very sad uh, because the Rangers have, you know, he was one of the very, very few moves that Gorton made in terms of adding talent to this team in free agency. And Clayson is an RFA. He's 26, so he's not a kid. But you can sign him for dirt, dirt cheap and have a guy, have a guy who can be a part of the team for a while. I like him. I like Clayson, too. So it's, it's really been Clayson... <laughs> You can make a point. D'Angelo's been the next best defenseman. Yeah, when, especially when we, we ask what we expect from him, not just in terms but of... But I'm not even talking about expectations. Just in general, what they've brought to the table as defensemen for the Rangers this D'Angelo's year. D'Angelo's possession numbers are really strong. Um, it's I think it's Clayson D'Angelo. The then yeah. I think you can make an argument at Shattenkirk, then Shea. Then oh. Smith... I want Brady Shea to be good so badly. Then Pionk. It's just not goddamn happening. McQuaid. Well, you know. Smith has a 4.08 relative Corsi 4, so he is the best among the D. After him, it's D'Angelo with 3.49. Right after him is Shaddy. He has 3.44. And then we go down to Clayson, who's 0.90. But we've only seen 12 games of Clayson. He only plays the toughest assignments as far as I'm aware. And he's just outstanding in his own zone. He's one of those guys who, he makes all these really difficult plays, he makes them look pedestrian. He's a, such a Could solid my dishwasher be any louder? Zone. Can you hear it? Hear what? The dishwasher. It's just humming in the background. Well, I wasn't going to bring attention to it, Joseph. Well, We're trying to do a broadcast. I'm hoping that the recording, because it's on the back of the microphone, doesn't pick it up. But um, uh, I'm not optimistic about that because I can hear it pretty loudly in my headphones. You know who has the best relative Corsi for on the team? Chris Crowder. He's Ooh. 8. An 8.00 relative See, this, but this is... Do you think it's realistic if the Rangers dangled Crowder that, that that could be the centerpiece for a Nylander deal? Well, the, the real question is what Toronto wants back. We have to start there. I don't think it's unrealistic at all. I, I, for, especially because you're getting him for a year and a half. You, you can you're fit not, him at his yeah. current contract. If you're, he if adds you're Toronto, new, you, you can't re-sign Nylander, so you're missing a great winger. Right, you, and you, you get you a can, great winger in return. Not as good as Nylander, may I add. Not right. as good, but yeah, you can get but a guy who's having a career so. year, and if you put him with any of Toronto's young players, his numbers are only going to go up. It makes yeah. a lot of sense for him to be like, let's start with Chris Kreider and work our way towards a deal. 100%. Why wouldn't um, you? I'd, I think I would even do Kreider Shea. You would do Crowder Shea? I, I think I would. I got to tell you, uh, I would probably do it too, given what Shea got for his contract and what. I, I love all the intangibles with Brady Shea. I love the tool set he has. 
I don't love what we've seen and what the underlying numbers look like. Yeah, it, it's been, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to give Shea the benefit of the doubt because it's a new defensive system. He looked really good in the beginning. I think he's gripping the stick a little bit too tight, which is fine. And even when Shea's not playing well, I think there's things that Shea does that are really good. And you, you can't teach your speed. You can't teach your skating. There's things about what he's able to do that do make the Rangers a better hockey team. I like pretty Shea. But, but for what he's been, I mean, and listen, I'm not telling you to throw the guy out on the curb, but Shea Crider for Nylander, yeah, I do that every day. Do you want to pay Brady Shea $5.25 million for the next five years after this season? I mean, the, right now the answer is no. Yeah. But you also don't make too. decisions on contracts like that right now. No, you don't, but I'm just saying, like... The other thing is, would the Leafs even want that contract, given all their their contract tightness? It's, I it's but rough you know there. What? But by the same token, you're shoring up the defense, and you're adding, basically, like, if Nylander's an A, you're adding a B for Kreider. So I, I do think there's something there for a team like the Leafs who want to win right now. Yeah, I think Nylander would... You're not playing Nylander now anyway so you're really not losing anything from this team that's the other way to think about it I know the Leafs are looking long term because you have to but if you think about what they are right now they're this team without Nylander if you add Kreider and you add Shea or if you add one of them you're adding them to nothing you know what I mean Brady Shea would be the highest paid defenseman on that team you're not losing anyone well, that's because some of their better contracts are on the back end. But they have people to pay, too. I mean, somebody said they were like, oh, Kreider and Shea are $9 million together. They could just give Nylander that. And while that's true, you're getting two players for, quote-unquote, the price of one. I mean, Nylander only wants like a six-year, I think, $6 million deal or $6.5 million deal, according to Elliot Friedman. I'd, I'd I would have done that to, yesterday. I would have been happy to give that to him. I'll yeah. give him eight years at that. But the problem is for the Leafs, they got to worry about a little guy named Austin Matthews. Yeah, Austin Matthews, who's going to be, who knows what Matthews is going to bring in. Yeah, Nylander's 22. He's two years younger than Brady Shea. It's just, mm. oh, my, oh my goodness. <sighs> what do you think about the sort of coaching defensive carousel that we've seen? Yeah, we saw D'Angelo get a healthy scratch. We also saw what was it? Uh, when Quinn, who did he, it was when he scratched Brendan Smith. He said like for the first time all season, right? He's sitting uh, someone that didn't deserve it. Yeah, I'm sitting someone who doesn't deserve it. And it was and I remember I tweeted like, well, what does this tell us? And Dan Rosen uh, of NHL.com replied to me and tried to clarify because I was like, well, does this tell us that you know Brendan Smith happens to be the bottom of the depth chart? Like, why was it Brendan Smith? And I think it, it has to tell us something that it was Smith, right? I'm not crazy. Like No, well, it tells you that the Rangers are still focusing, like the priority is on the younger side of the players in development. If that's the case, Joe, why did D'Angelo get scratched recently? Well, well see, I was pretty bullish on that being absolutely stupid. Adam brought up a good point. If that's the way that Quinn thinks he can get through to D'Angelo... Like, he gets through to him with that threat of, oh, I'm going to take playing time away from you. Yeah. Because D'Angelo went right back on the first pair when he came back. Yeah. So it does feel like he was sending a message or, uh, hey, sit down. You're doing X, Y, and Z. I need you to do A, B, C. Watch the game and figure it out, and you're going to go right back out there. And I don't have an issue with that. You know what my real thought is from this carousel? Is it just reminds me how stupid of a trade the McQuaid trade was. And I know... So dumb. We've beat this into the ground before, but looking at this now, McQuaid is hurt, and the Rangers still have too many NHL defensemen. And they don't have enough top four defensemen. That is obvious. That goes without saying. But they they can't keep a guy like Clayson in the lineup. They can't keep someone like D'Angelo in the lineup. We still haven't seen Mark Stahl scratch, and he just scored his first goal of the season. So he'll never be scratched. Well, that's the point. What happens? Yeah. When McQuaid comes back, what happens? Are you going to be scratching two guys who don't deserve to be scratched? Are you going to scratch? Even at that point, Smith and Clayson, it would be insane. It would be insane. And that's why I get, uh, you know, like I I didn't make too big of a stink about the whole, uh, you know, what happens with McQuaid. And like, I was like, I understand what they're trying to do. It's a bad idea. It was just a bad idea. 
Especially, I know it was only a fourth round pick, but even still, it was a bad idea. And now, if if it's not abundantly evident to Gorton that it was a bad trade by now, then he's he's lost his mind. There's no reason to continue to operate with this many defensemen you can have on the NHL roster. And for the for the time, how being, close to coming back is he? We well, don't I'm know, sure, right? It's yeah, like a vague sure. amount of time. Yeah, he had a, a an injury with a nebulous timetable, if if uh, if I recall correctly, because I'm pretty sure it was just left off as something like he has a what was it a lower body injury, I believe. Um, while you're while you talk and fill time like a professional, I'll try and look that up for you. All right, I'm going to talk and fill time like a professional. Let's go to the questions, because one of the questions sort of talks about what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Let me find it, because I'm also professional. David L. Singer, why won't the Rangers rest Mark Stahl even for one game? That's a question I don't understand. Mark Stahl has not gotten the rest on the back-to-back treatment yet, and I don't get it. He's old. It's okay to rest him on a back-to-back and say, hey, this is a maintenance day. This is a maintenance game. You know, the Rangers are trying to rush back Zuccarello. The Rangers are – it's it's almost like it, McQuaid, he, he got hurt, and the Rangers were like, okay, he's out until he gets back. Zuccarello gets hurt. The Rangers are like, oh, we're going to keep trying to force him back into the lineup. Stall, like you're – the Rangers are being very cautious with Lundqvist too. They're playing Georgiev. You, you know what I mean? Like they're giving those breaks to him because he's older and he maybe, needs it. Well, maybe the bottom line is Stahl isn't really that old. He's 31. He's Zuccarello age. Like, he's not a young player, but he's not 34. You know, the injury makes him seem older, I think. The injury does. It feels like it adds a couple of years onto him. It's also been... How many years have we talked about Mark Stahl, a Ranger? It's been a long, long time. Yeah, he, was, he came to the team in his very early 20s, didn't he? Yeah, and that was uncommon for a defenseman. And we obviously know he's a different player since his injury, and... Anyone who's watched the Rangers enough knows that he plays with a ton of heart, but he's unfortunately just not this sort of kind of shutdown defenseman that uh, you know we heard he used to be. Yeah, Joe Micheletti talked so much about all the epic showdowns he had with uh, Ovechkin and you know battling and all that good stuff. And like I, Mark Stahl, the person, great guy, have zero problems with him. Mark Stahl, the hockey player who's taking ice time away from young players who are going to be a part of this rebuild. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, especially if McQuaid comes back and him and Stahl are in the lineup, it's a total unmitigated disaster. McQuaid was... Especially got, now. McQuaid was given a week-to-week lower body injury on October 25th. Joe. It was a month ago. Yeah, so it's been a huh. month and he's week-to-week. All right, let's sprinkle in this question. Josh Zarkin, was your mother-in-law's turkey still dry this year? Was it a dry turkey? No, it, it wasn't, and she actually cooked it differently. I don't know if she listens to the podcast. She 100% doesn't. Um, my mother-in-law used to cook the turkeys in their garage in, like, I don't know what the they – they were, like, the portable garage. ovens. I don't even know Did what to – deep fry it? No, I, it deep, wasn't a deep, deep fry. deep fry in the garage. No, no, no. It was not a deep fry. You don't deep fry in the garage because the garage is inside – and if the oil spills out and explodes, no, you, it's in the you garage. You open the garage and you have the deep fryer for the for the turkey in the entrance of the garage. Nah, I still think that's too close to the house. Too close to the house is fair for an explosion. But she used to cook them in like these. I don't know what they were. They were like portable. I don't want to prepare any food in a garage. Maybe uh, I, I would maybe bob for apples in a garage. Anyway, this When's year the last she cooked time it you in the oven. Oh, God. We had the Poconos house. I had to be nine. It's been that long since you bobbed for an apple? Yeah. When do you bob for apples? What fair do you go to that you're bobbing for an apple? At fun events. Like what? Why do you hate life so much? I'm just curious. What event did you go to where you bobbed for an uh, apple? My friend's birthday. We threw him a thing. A party. Uh, So you like bobbed for apples, ironically, or you did it for real? No, we did it for real. It It was great. One of my friends almost drowned in like... A foot of water. That it was awesome time. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds really amazing, really. But yeah, she cooked it in the oven, and the turkey. When's was the last moist. time you took a swing at a pinata? I don't know. I had to be like twelve. God damn it! You live such a sad. Well, when, life. I, when was the last time that you took a swing at, at a pinata? that party? You son of a bitch! Oh my! This so basically, what? And when was this party? It was last year. Was okay, so last year party. you threw a party where you bobbed for apples. We and did you hit a, a donkey, and we did Bob for apples, and 
We used pinata with a samurai sword, actually. We used a samurai sword. Okay, but then you're not... You're cutting the pinata, so it's one swing and the pinata's down. Well, yeah. That's fair. That's, that is exactly what kind of what candy happened. did you fill the pinata with? Uh, it was his favorite candy, which is Take Five candy bars. It was just Take Five candy bars. Yeah, we just uh, his girlfriend and I just bought him a bunch of Take Five candy bars and filled the pinata with that. Mm. I don't even know what to say to that. Actually, that take I'm not five, big on Take Five. Not I'm big. not really big on Take Five either. But he's all about it, so it was I mean, his birthday. Yeah, well, that's true. It's his, you know, it's, it's his, his day. Jam. I'm not a huge fan of chocolate in a pinata. I want candy, candy. Chocolate's not candy. Chocolate is chocolate. Chocolate is a higher, a higher society than candy proper. Like, if what it's are a we choice between here? nerds candy and like just a Hershey's chocolate bar, only people who respect themselves are going to eat the Hershey's chocolate. Well, bar. if it's sour candy, I'm going sour candy above Hershey's. Do you like a Swedish fish? No. You don't like a Swedish. I do not like Swedish fish. I don't dislike them. I just don't eat them. Do you like a raisinette? No. Can we just talk about candy for the rest of the show? Sure. What else do you got for me? Um, I like Pop Rocks and I like Fun Dip. I had to explain to Mike, I think two shows ago, off the air, that Snickers had nougat in it because he didn't like Milky Ways because he doesn't like nougat. You shut your fucking mouth. And that is between you all and of me a sudden, and God. He, all of a sudden, I had to explain to him and he didn't believe me. And he looked it up and then he went, huh, I guess it does have nougat in it. Of course it does. <laughs> what do you think is on the bottom of a fucking Snickers? It's nougat. I'm going to break into your house at night and throw a brick at your head. That's what I'm going to do. If you break into my house right now on the little piece right next to my front door, there are three Snickers bars because I don't really like Snickers and I don't eat them. They're just sitting there. Why are they just sitting there? They've been there since Halloween. Well, Stanley's going to eat them. He's going to get sick. No, they're up on the thing. He can't get to them. They're up on a thing. Dogs are industrious. Have you ever seen them? Yeah, but they're also wrapped. He can't smell them. Have you heard about the Iditarod? I have heard of the Iditarod, yes. The sweet, sweet Iditarod. Like, what's your favorite candy? I already told you that Snickers is my go-to candy. Oh, but, but, okay, so you're considering a candy bar candy. A candy bar is candy. Candy is in the it, goddamn it word, Joe. candy in the name, yes. But um, to me, chocolate is in its own league. It's chocolate. Candy yeah, is like straight up chocolate. Like, Godiva Gushers. chocolate isn't candy. That's, no, it's not. It's chocolate. A Hershey's bar is not candy. It's chocolate. Milky Way is not candy. It's chocolate. I can't disagree with any of this. What about a Hershey's Kiss? Hershey's Kiss is chocolate. You don't call Hershey's Kiss candy? No. Now, similar to a square is a square and also a rectangle, but a rectangle is only a rectangle. If you were in the same room as me right now, I would slap you across the mouth. Why? I think of you. I just don't like your attitude. Because that's an unbelievably intelligent mathematical take. I I haven't even made the take yet. That's how good it is. I don't even have to say it. The people know. What about a raisinette? That's chocolate covered. I I don't like raisins. Why don't you like raisins? They're good for you. They're I, nature's candy. It's called <laughs> nature's candy, you son of a bitch. Do you like milk duds? Uh, I'm a different about oh, milk duds. Oh, God. You fucking don't like caramel. Did I you also like think caramel. caramel wasn't in Snickers? Joe, I have something in my pocket. It's called Go Fuck Yourself. I don't like your attitude. <laughs> Did you not think that peanuts I knew were caramel Snickers? was in goddamn Snickers and peanuts. I I'm forgot actually, about the nougat. I think I'm more shocked you didn't know there was nougat in there than... How do you not like nougat, though? Nougat is just like delicious doughy chocolate i don't like milky way as much as snickers i like the peanuts you like okay so you like the crunch of the peanut yeah i'm a crunch i like crunchy things in texture like chips i like a cape cod chip not a normal chip i like chips as well i like i'm but i'm fat like i'll eat anything almost anything like if the world ended it would take me maybe three days before i ate human flesh i'm just saying okay I, don't I just know wanted to, go to say from that there. for shock value. Well, it shocked me. Should we go back to the Rangers now? We've ruined the show. Yeah, sure. Clem Fandango. My girlfriend just nodded her head. She's she realizes that we've gone off the. Is she keeping us on track right now? She looks so disappointed in me. I know. Maggie doesn't like me. Everybody. So <laughs> this this relationship, my relationship with Mike, is coming to a slow and painful end. She's gonna slowly box me. We out. We had a good run, you and I, though. We did have a good run, and then she's gonna box me out. And there's not. Listen, I respect it. Like she, you do what you do. I get I'm it. Box you out like Charles Oakley. Yeah, paint. So, I get it. That's why the name of this podcast was Maggie hurt Joe terribly. Now it's Maggie is cool because I'm trying to mend fences, but I'm not sure it's gonna work. Um. First of all, keep up the good work, and thanks for answering all my questions. You're welcome, Clem. 
After the stellar start for Keandre in college this season, do you think he signs a contract this offseason? Or do you nope. think it's better if he goes back for another year in college? It's better he goes back. Yes, it is. And But I want to make a point that Mike is just so quickly brushing past, the same way that his tongue and taste buds brush past the nougat when he's eating Snickers. Um, I'm going to hurt you. I'm being in college is not like juniors. You can't sign a contract, an entry-level contract, and then you know, go back down for another year. In college, the minute you sign a contract, you are no longer eligible for NCAA. Period. End of story. So if the Rangers sign Miller to a contract, an entry-level contract, he has to play in the AHL or the NHL next year. There are no other options. So, no, it doesn't make sense. Let him stay in college. I don't give a shit if he stays in college all four years. Are you angry? You're not adding anything to the conversation? No, I wanted you to finish your, your thing. I was trying that to was my like, thing. Uh, the other thing, we talked about this last show, Joe, is he's still very new to his position. I think it would be a little too risky to see how well he's done here and then say, all right, kid, it's the NHL for you. Like, I think it's important. Maybe the more important question is, is it better for him next year to be in the AHL or college and I think college let's say college and then the year after that maybe he can try for the NHL and if not he'll be in the AHL and there'll be zero disappointment then we'll have a nice little discussion at that point it's a little too early Brandau is there any sensible situation where the Rangers try to sign Mark Stone instead of Panarin Mark Stone instead of Panarin so Stone as you saw with his two goals against the Rangers um on Monday, is another elite-level player who is more than likely hitting the market because why in the fuck would he re-sign in Ottawa? He's 26. He's, you know, a 60-point player, but last year he had 62 points in 58 games, and he's doing that in Ottawa. He has 26 points in 24 games right now. Mike, I have a solution here. What's your solution? Why not both? If you trade Hayes, Kreider, and Zuccarello, you have two winger openings. Why not both? Why the fuck not both? That Um, totally accelerates the rebuild. You're contending next year, and you sold this year and the year before. And you've acquired picks and prospects and all those lovely things that'll help you. You make room for Hedel Anderson and Howden at center. You add two elite wingers. You lose Kreider, sure. You lose Zuccarello, sure. You lose Hayes, sure. You need to do something with the defense, of course. But you can stop focusing on the offense because it's done. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Done. Particularly. 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 Yeah, I, I can't just... Dis- like, I know it would be crazy, right? It would but- be crazy. In, in many ways, I think it would be much better to sign both if it was one year from now when we had a better idea of what the kids looked like, right? If we were a little further along. Um, I look at Stone, and I totally acknowledge that he's an exceptional player. Uh, I mean, we watched him put up two goals against the Rangers. Right now, I think he's like eighth in the league in scoring. Last season, he had 62 points the year before that. 54 the year before that, 61 the year before that, 64. He's a consistently exceptional player, despite the fact that he was, I think, like a sixth-round pick uh, when he was when he was drafted in 2010. With all that being said, I take Panarin over him 19 times out of 20. Uh, I just think Panarin's the much better player. He has I would lot, agree with that. He has a lot less tread on his tires in terms of NHL games played. And Panarin is also... Like an 80, 80, 85 point guy versus Stone, who's more like, you know, a 60, 65 point guy. The, that's a pretty big and important distinction. Uh, the Rangers have had players who are akin to Stone in terms of their skill level. They haven't had a forward who can do the things that Panarin can do for this team in a long time. And that is not a strike against Stone. I think Stone should be looked at more of a as a. Plan B, if the Rangers want to, per- if the Rangers want to pursue this road, right? Of this, let's let's go ahead. We have all this money, we have all this cap space. Go ahead, find a guy who's under thirty, uh, who can be there. And I'm sure some people will be like, "Weren't you guys just talking about how Kreider fits in?" 
Mark Stone and Panarin are both significantly better than Chris Kreider. Um, it pains me to say that. I was about Mark to say Stone. as much as it pains me to say. Yeah, but I'd rather have one of those two guys over Kreider long term. Just from everything we know about what we see from players and how they develop. Like Joe pointed out, it's strange to say. I know that uh, Mark Stone also hasn't had you know, a 30-goal season. Um but what he has had is multiple 60-point seasons. And he's also been super productive last season, Joe. 58 games, 62 points for Mark Stone. And he's doing 26 points in 24 games on a team, God, an I Ottawa team, before. that has just been a nightmare in terms of what he has to work with around him. Um, and I know how well Duchesne's been playing and the points he's been putting up, but... Uh, with everything I just said, I put Panarin as definitely, if you do take this road, he's has to be plan A. He's significantly better. Uh, what he does for his teammates around him, he creates more offense. Stone is often finishes plays. He's not necessarily as good as creating offense as Panarin is. Panarin would make a lot more sense for a lot of reasons for me. He's also going to cost a lot more, but... Again, the Rangers will have all the money in the cap space in the world. All the money in the world. Chuck Spadina. A couple of weeks ago, I got to see Adam Huska and Tyler Wall go head-to-head and was wondering if either held any weight for the foreseeable future for trades down the line. Probably, goalies are weird. Huska and Tyler Wall, while both, I would say, important prospects in the Rangers system, probably don't have all that much value because they're NCAA goaltenders, right? Like, you don't often see goalies get traded before they've had some experience in the AHL or the NHL. And Huska's an absolute standout right now for UConn, and and that's been great. And, you know, Tyler Wall is another goaltender who, like Huska, or you can even throw, well, you know what, I think we need to put just Yorkin in sort of a league of his own, but um, Tyler Wall's at UMass right now, UMass Lowell. They're probably in the B tier of prospects in terms of goalies for the New York Rangers, but teams don't often look for players like that right now. I mean, it's worth noting, Tyler Wall has a 1.8 goals against average. For UMass Lowell. I mean, he's he's been spectacular. It's a so, bad stat to use to evaluate goalies, Joseph. Fine. His save percentage is a 933, Michael. That's a better stat. Son of a bitch. I was getting there. Before you Joe, do you like candy me. canes? I do. I love candy canes. So do I. Lo- absolutely love candy canes. Joda, what do you like more, a sunrise or a sunset? Mm, I think it's sunset. Joe, what do you like more, uh, a roaring fireplace and holding someone you love? Or uh, I couldn't think of another thing. I have a fireplace in my oh, house. you have a fireplace? I do. I want to tell everyone that you still haven't had me over to hang out at your house yet. Well, your the girlfriend was mean people, to me. She hurt my feelings. Of people that listen to the show. She hurt my feelings. So I, Remember I when I asked you for a day that I can come over and you I, didn't tell me? I don't feel comfortable. I, I told you that... I'm going to drag our shit out into the public. I told you that after Kaylin's birthday party, which my daughter turns one in three days. That's so crazy that she's going to be one already. Um, you know, her her yes. hair is hysterical on your Instagram when you put her hair up like pebbles. It's amazing, isn't it? She's adorable. You ready for the know. last question of the show? I don't know how she came from your loins. I just Alex Khalifa, because my sperm is great. Why are you the Rangers playing? Sperm yeah, my sperm is great. It's great at creating children. <laughs> Why are the Rangers playing particularly well at home so far? I actually don't think home or away really matters all that much. Doesn't matter. It matters it's, a little. Um, it's fun for the storyline um, and when it becomes a trend, but the bottom line is more often than not, it's insignificant. We talk about, you hear on broadcast, they talk about the long change. Uh, they talk about you know the rigors of travel. And all of that stuff. And those things are they are important in the grand scheme of things. They're not nearly as important as actually playing sound hockey. Yeah. Um, why have the Rangers been so good at home? I don't know. Why have they been so awful on the road? Oh, it's, Jesus. You're just attacking him violently. There's no reason for that. I didn't attack him violently. You I'm attacked just him violently. Jesus. He's over there crying right now. This is the second time you've taken the Lord's name in vain. And this is the month of Christmas. It is the month of Christmas. Although not um, real Christmas. Gonna let that sit out there. 
What are you going to get for, for Christmas? My Christmas this fucking dishwasher could not be louder. Alex now Gardner, like Alexander Ricard, Alexander Thornton, Armael Kistner, Andrew, uh, Andrew Grigo. Uh, Am I the okay. one who's been drinking? No, it's because Andrew Grigo and Andre Chicagoff are right next to each other. Below them are Anthony Viola and Arch Williams. So it's, it's all the A's. A's. Yeah, right. It's right. A's then it's Bob Kawa, and then it's Chris B. Chris B. Is this in alphabetical order? It's in alphabetical order. Um, Chris Habibi, Chuck Spadina, Dan Carosi, Daniel DeGen, Danny Santiago, Dan's Lynch, David L. Singer, Eric Cohn, Fancy Dan's Lawrence, Lynch. Gabriel Vargas, 50, Igor Zatlovsky, James Dangles, John Reppy, Keith Franchillo, Matt Bader, Guy from Montana, Michael Silvers, Mike Offit, Stink Fleeman, Tall Guy Robert, Thomas Osa, and Trevor Kempner. Thank you all for donating. You are better than the people who don't donate. I feel like if we had, you know, banter commenters who get their, their numbers retired, Dan's Lynch would be up there in the rafters with Tony. He'd be up there with Tony. I think Michael Silvers. we got to give Michael Silvers some love. Oh, Silvers for sure. Yeah. He's still a young kid, but you know what? He's got a break. Yeah, he's, he, he's a Hall of Fame. He's, a, he's got some Hall of Fame potential. He's on, he's on pace for it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this was a wonderful show. Remember that Snickers has nougat in them. Joey, have you ever eaten a gingerbread house? Yes. See, I don't like eating them. They look. I don't want to destroy them. We're going to leave you with that. We're going to leave you with that, folks.